Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Jesus demonstrated then taught. Because how would the world know that what he's talking about is real if you don't demonstrate a different kingdom? Because the things, he said it to um, Nicodemus this way, if I speak to you of natural things, like being born again, and you can't understand, how can I speak to you of spiritual things? The promises of the kingdom, we've been talking about the promise of unity, community, and union with each other and union with God. This promise that it has been done, and yet, how can that be when I don't feel one with you? When I don't, this is, this. so what I need you to do is the healings you're seeing, I need you to take faith from those and apply it to the things I'm about to tell you. Because those are the tip of the spear of the fullness of the kingdom that God wants to bring on the earth. Listen, healing and salvation is just walking through the door. And the good stuff is inside the house. It's inside the family of God. And so we're going to be pressing into that today as we finish out Nehemiah. For those of you who have been following along, no, we will not be reading every verse in the last three chapters. Thank you, Jesus. But if you've got Bibles, open them up to Nehemiah chapter 9. We've been on this journey for, believe it or not, almost three months now. And... uh you know, we began with Nehemiah being the, basically the CFO of the Persian Empire, probably the most practically powerful man in the known world, had it all, and it wasn't enough because God had a calling on his life. You can have all the things the world offers, but if you are not walking in who he made you to be, you're going to be miserable. And he was miserable, and he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord gave him a strategy, and then gave him an opportunity, and gave him favor with the king to step down from that position to serve a little backward area called Jerusalem, and help them to rebuild a wall that had been broken down for 125 years, to help them do what nobody been able to do. They did it together in 52 days, what had not been able to be accomplished in 125. Each of us have callings on our lives that are impossible. Each of us have a calling on our life that is impossible, apart from God and community. See, Nehemiah didn't do it on his own. He invited the people to rise up with him. Many, who here, you've just tried to do it on your own? Raise three pinkies. Awesome. How does that work? It doesn't. You might start out super fast, but you fall on your face. And so there, he wants to do it with, and that's why when Jesus prayed in John 17, what he said, basically, this is the whole reason I'm going to the cross, is that you may be one with each other as you are one with me. And that union with me that I'm making available through the cross will lead to unity with one another. That's the point. And that is why those are the two things that are needed for you to do the impossible he's calling you to do. So celebrating, right? They, they had faced so many trials, so many difficulties. And once they got through... That's when they, they brought out, they started to have revival, right? As they'd walked together and they, you guys remember, they, they brought out the law to read the law. They're going to celebrate together. And when they hear the demands of the law, the life that God designed them to live, the life of joy and holiness and happiness, they began to do what? 
weep. Weep. Why? Because they saw a gap between who they are and what God called them to be. Anybody done that? God showed you the promise and you went, ah! Right? Maybe he showed you his purposes and plans for you and you were so overwhelmed by the fact that that's that and you're here. Or maybe he showed you a vision of your marriage as he designed it to be. Or maybe he showed you the vision of, of, your, of your business or your children or whatever it is, and it overwhelms you. And so in that place, they said, stop, don't weep, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. They said, actually, rather, let's throw a party. See, the promises of God are paid for by the power and love of God. It's not for us to do. When we see the promise of God and we think it's on us to do it, we will become overwhelmed in despair and depression. But when we hear the promise of God with the grace of God, we'll get excited. Anybody here get a, a gift promised as a kid? I'm, hey, listen, when you get finished with school, I'm gonna give you a bike. The kid does not worry about that bike. They wait in eager expectation, right? Because they know the parent is good. That is our good father. If he says, these are the things I've promised for you, then we can trust in those and therefore participate in what he wants us to do today. We can trust in him. And so what they do is they go off and after they finish one party, they go and they study the scriptures and they realize the very first thing God wants them to do is do another week of parties. What is wrong with you, Lord? That says, <gasps> And as I said yet last week, the Marthas were probably cringing. But this is where they ended. And they said, uh, verse 17 it's, uh, of chapter 8 said, The whole company that had returned from exile built temporary shelters and lived in them. And from the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day, the Israelites had not celebrated it like this. And their joy was very great. Awesome. Any, have, you, have you done this where you supernaturally had an encounter with God? He transformed you on the inside and you were so full of joy you wanted to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's find out what they did. Anybody on like, <laughs> then you, on the 24th day of the same month. So they, they had one party, then they had another party. So this is about two weeks afterwards. So they had two months to read the Bible. Two weeks, sorry, two weeks, thank you. And they, the Israelites gathered together, with, uh, together fasting and wearing sackcloth and dust on their heads. Remember the joy of the Lord is our strength? <laughs> Those of the Israelite descent had separated themselves from all foreigners. They stood in their places and confessed their sins and the sins of their ancestors. And they stood there and they read from the book of the law of, uh, of the Lord our God, uh, for a quarter of the day and spent another quarter in confession in, and confessing their sins and in worshiping the Lord their God. Standing on the stairs of the Levites were a bunch of guys and they cried out with loud voices to the Lord their God. And those guys said, stand up and praise the Lord your God who is everlasting to everlasting. If you've just beaten yourself silly, if you've just gone to this dark place, how, how's your praise gonna be? I'm just getting practical. Anybody done that? Anybody, you sinned. You did something bad, and so you realized you did something bad, so you decided to provide the Lord with a burnt offering yourself. Anybody? You beat yourself up for Jesus, because that's what he requires. I will wait. Right? Like, oh my gosh, I'm a worm. And okay, it's okay, Jesus, I'm coming back. 
slap, slap, right? No, really? So, and this is what, they're like, oh my gosh, we're horrible. Now, anybody tried to praise God from that place this morning? How well does it work? Let's just get practical. I will love you, oh my worship. I'm a worm and I hate myself. So I give you this pile of doo-doo that I am. Okay, I hope you see the humor. Because he is not amused. Because that's not what he paid for. He suffered on a cross and died. Not that we would abuse ourselves to get back to him. What shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? What shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Excellent. But I sinned. But He does not need us to flog ourselves and abuse ourselves and beat ourselves to a pulp for the things we've done wrong. That does not give you one, get you one inch closer to Jesus. Anybody here, you realize you did wrong and you felt bad about it because the results were bad, but you really didn't feel bad about it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you're bad, you feel bad that you got caught, but you don't feel bad that you did it. Man, some of y'all are real. I like this. Okay, so what I mean by that is you know you should feel bad about what you did to the heart of the Father who died for you, but the reality is you don't. So you decide to try to make yourself feel bad for his sake. See, repentance is something that even you and I can't do on our own. It's a gift of God. It's not a work that we can do. It is a gift from God. And when we go into this place and attempt by our own effort to repent, the result will be works. Let's watch, shall we? So the first thing they do is they jump in It said, so they begin to worship and they say, blessed be your glorious name, may it be exalted above all blessing and praise and you alone are the Lord and you made the heavens, even the highest heavens and all the starry hosts and the earth and all that is in it and the seas and all that are in it. You give life to everything and multitudes of heaven worship you. Good beginning, right? Anybody said some great words with no heart in it? Okay. What is Jesus after, your words or your heart? Yeah, good. You win a prize. So then for the next bunch of verses, they go into a celebration of the history of Israel. Thank you guys for bringing this. I really needed it. Here, watch this. Ready? They're a bunch of losers and Jesus, God saves them. Yay, right? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Did they do anything for God to save them? No, 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 no. They simply said yes, Right? And then God said, let's live together happily. And they said, yay! Until they realized, God, where did you go? Anybody, you had this encounter with God and it was amazing, it was incredible. And there was so much joy. And then it started to fade. So you added a little bit of works to keep it going. No? 
on the exercise cycle. Jesus, I'm coming for you. And it's like riding an exercise bike. bike. You can spend a lot of, uh, burn a lot of calories and go nowhere. And, do you know what I'm talking about? And it just, you feel like it's a long, slow slide. You're like, right? And so, the, so they start realizing, oh my gosh, we were away from you. Oh no, oh no. And we start to work harder and harder, try to work it up, work it up. And eventually they get to a point where it ain't working at all. Anybody been in that place? Maybe you can guess, not based on your personal experience, of course, but what comes after despair? When you're like, I am doing everything I can for Jesus and none of it is working, what's next? I quit. I quit. Thank you for not speaking out of your own personal experience. <laughs> right? And so I quit. Maybe I'll, I'll put, I'll quit here. Let's put quit here. I think it's better for my, my diagram. So I quit, right? It's just declining. I'm trying harder. I quit. Now, after you quit, how quickly do you descend into the pit of hell? <laughs> I mean, just theoretically, right? Very quickly, right? Because you want to see despair. Go into, I can tell you who has encountered Jesus' love and freedom from alcohol. If you go into a bar, look for the most depressed person there. Because when you have tasted joy in life, all the rest of it is just dust. And so I quit and you just kind of give up and you plunge down to here. And when you're down in this pit, you come to your senses. Who's been there? And you go, Jesus, I can't. And God goes, you figured it out. You figured it out. Welcome, because see, my son paid for it all. And so for the verses, they just keep going through the cycle. They keep going through the cycle because once you quit, see, God brings us into promises the promised land. He brings us into good things. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's children. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's friendships. He brings you into good places. And you're like, I got this. And then we work really hard. I don't got this. And then suddenly the very gift of God becomes a curse. And what happened over and over again, they got kicked out of the land of promise. Because you cannot stay by works in what God brings to you into by grace by his power. And so this is their celebration. This is their praise service. Isn't this a good praise service? They're just like, and, and so do they get the message? Any guesses? Well, let's, let's read on to find out. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. All right. So verse 36. Uh, no, no, let's, um, let me keep going. Where did I, I jumped ahead on myself. There we go. But see, this is where they end. We are slaves today, slaves in the land you gave our ancestors so they could eat its fruit and other good things it produces. Now, they just participated in a supernatural process where God brought them out of, out of nothing and built this wall in 52 days. You would think they would want to continue to live by grace. You think that they would celebrate what God has done. But instead, what are they doing? They are impressed with and overwhelmed with what has not yet happened. So what happens? We, uh, because of our sins, its abundant harvest goes to the kings who you placed over us. They rule over our bodies and our cattle as they please. We are in great distress. Now I have a question. Did they repent before they started to rebuild the wall? Did they repent from sin? 
You mean God chose to love them? See, repentance is not exclusively moral. Repentance means to allow God to change your mind to see as he sees. So he started their repentance as to about their wall and about their destiny. Now, having gotten courage for their destiny, now they're impressed with what hasn't happened yet. So now they are attempting by their own means to deal with their sin. How do you think it ends? Some of you know. In view of this, we are making a binding agreement, putting it in writing, and our leaders and our Levites and our priests are affixing their seals to it, at which point they put their seals on it. And there's a bunch of names that go on, and we jump down to verse 28. The rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, gatekeepers, musicians, temple servants, and all who separated themselves from the neighboring people for the sake of the law of God, not for God, by the way, for the law of God, together with their wives and all their sons and daughters who are able to understand all these, now join their fellow Israelites and nobles and bind themselves with a curse. What? Wait, 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 we just left the blessing and went off and started cursing ourselves? Okay, again, not you. But have you ever done this where you come to your senses, you're at the bottom, and you know where you need to be, so you start making a plan with the Lord? (laughs) All right, Lord, I realize I have been an idiot. I have against you and against you. We all sinned. There's a lot of sinning going on. We don't like it. We don't like where it's brought us to. And so we're going to go right from here on out. Okay, God? And uh, if I don't, I'm going to stand up in front of the church and tell everybody my sins. Anybody? Anybody made those kind of deals with God? This time I'm serious. And if it don't work out, I will. Man, it's awfully quiet in here. I'll just talk about myself. 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 I need to pray for myself. All right. They, they binding themselves with a curse. Do you remember what the first curse was on Adam? By the sweat of your brow, you will gain your bread. You'll earn your food by your own effort. See, that word evil, it, the real root of it is striving in the Hebrew. See, striving is evil. See, they are bringing themselves under the curse in order to be righteous. Anybody see a problem with that? To follow the law of God given through Moses, the servant of God, and to obey carefully all the commands and regulations and decree of the Lord our God. So I have a question. Do you think it worked out well for them? Anybody, not you again, you've, but you've been around somebody who is by their own effort trying to be good. How much fun is it? Wow, this is very serious. Okay, it's not fun. It's not fun, is it? Are they, do, are they party poopers? Are they grumpy? Are they mean? Yeah, because they're white knuckling it. I'm not gonna do it again. Okay, I'm not going to do it again where people can see it. (laughs) And and again, we start calling down curses on ourselves. Anybody done this? 
when it happens, you start cussing yourself out. You. No, 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 no. Do it. How well does that work? When you start to agree with what Satan says about you. See, coming under the curse is agreeing with what God says, what the devil says about you. But I've got good news for you. The gift and callings of God are without repentance. Something the Lord has been speaking to me a lot about. For a long time, when I would lose God, I would go looking for him. Anybody done that? Jesus! Jesus, where are you? Where can I go from your... Even if I make my bed in hell. Anybody made your bed there? Maybe you saw mine there. Right? There you are. And then God started to show me. He said, Peter... All the times when I was running after God, he was like, ha, ah, 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 ah. do you know what it means to draw near to God? Turn around and look him in the eyes. Because the, you know when we're believing lies about ourselves, the thing we're most terrified to do is look him in the eye, aren't we? Because we secretly believe the lie that he's mad, that he's disappointed. He's disillusioned. By the way, God knows you. He knows what you're capable of. He's never been surprised by a single thing you did. You're not that good or bad, right? He's not like, oh my gosh, Peter, what are you doing? Oh. It's going to take a while for me to wrap my mind around this. You are not that awesome. You don't have those kind of skills. God looks, when you look him in the eyes, the truth of who he says you are is revealed. See, you cannot, the image of God, I've said this before, is like a diamond. You can coat a diamond in dung. You can bury it at the bottom of the sea, but it is never less a diamond than in this moment. All you have to do is uncover it. Reveal what was already there. The lie of the enemy is you've become a pile of dung. God's like, can you give me that diamond for a second? You remember that great line that husbands are supposed to serve wives by the washing with the water of the word. You know what that means? Reminding them who Jesus says they are. Remind, oh, no, 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 no. Anybody here that your emotions are your number one en en enemy? The number one reason why you lose Jesus. Because it feels true. That's why we need the word to be washed. We need to wash one another. To remind each other, you are not this person you think you are. You have not ceased to be the beloved of God. You have not ceased to be a child of God. You have not ceased. You're not that powerful. You do not have the ability to change your nature, the one he made you to be. You cannot separate yourself from Jesus. You're not that good. Not that powerful. What shall separate us? Nothing. Nothing. And so in this place where we are, but the reality is they're looking at it from their side of the cross. Because see, when you see the promise of God, you know you are fundamentally unable to do it, are you? But you never were meant to do it on your own anyway. That's why Jesus came and died. That we might live in him. That he might take upon himself all of that dung, all the stuff he paid for, all the brokenness, all the things that are not, take them upon himself so that we might be free to be who he always said we were. And then be empowered to live that life. Give you an example. 
If I have a light bulb here, dark light bulb, just I'm holding a light bulb and I'm not a magician. So if I'm holding a light bulb in my hand, is it lit? Provided 10,000 current volts is not coursing through my body or whatever, right? It's not lit. Why? Because it's not connected to the source of it. Is it still a light bulb? Okay. Now I screw it into a light socket, but the light socket is not turned on. Is it still a light bulb? If I cover that light bulb in a pile of dung, is it still a light bulb? Move the dung, flip on the switch. Suddenly we see it is a light bulb. We see that it is light. See, you and I cannot be revealed by who we are until the power of God flows in us to do what only he can empower us to do. We cannot live this life apart from his power and life and joy flooding into us. We can't even have the right emotions without his power and love in us. That's why the fruit of the spirit is divine emotions, love. That's not a Hallmark card and that doesn't mean a chubby baby with a, a bow and arrow. <laughs> love. Read uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Love is a totally different beast. Love, joy. Joy that is completely devoid of circumstances. We've watched this with Lily and Vladimir in the middle of the things they're going into full of joy. Joy is something, joy, love, joy, peace. Peace that Jesus is like, I'm tired, I'm taking a nap. People are like, the boat is sinking. He said, try not to get me wet. He's okay because his peace is not subject to the circumstances. He's empowered by something else. We talk a lot about this, uh, this phrase uh, in, in our body. We've talked about following the grace. And it's a term I think we need to take back because it has in some times been used for, I don't have grace for that. Anybody had a relationship you ain't got grace for? Okay, by the way, that just because you're not experiencing grace doesn't mean it's not there. You do have to flip the light switch. Uh, if some of you might have seen, we did this conversation with Brian and Emily, amazing conversation uh, posted on YouTube and on Facebook. And uh, Emily said this amazing thing. Well, both of them were talking about, they were facing a business decision and they thought they really needed to do something. But when they were thinking about it, like all Brian could think about is how much energy, how much effort. And honestly, it terrified him. Anybody you've seen what you feel like God's leading you to do, it just makes you terrified, overwhelmed. See, the right thing done from the wrong motives and the wrong empowerment is the wrong thing. If I tell our daughter to go see her grandparents and I don't drive her there, but tell her go and she starts walking, that's wrong. It's maybe the right destination, the wrong thing. And Emily said, they began to pray together. As they began to pray, God began to transform their mind, began to give them hope. And they began to see how this thing would be a massive benefit. And actually, as they did these things, it would help them in all other spheres. And suddenly now they had hope and joy to do the thing that God was leading them to do. Suddenly, it's the right thing. The grace doesn't, the, the absence of grace is not, is not just because you're not feeling the grace does not mean it's there. But any decision we make out of anger, fear, confusion, 
depression, despair is going to be the wrong one. So what we have to do is first back off. Anybody been in an argument with a loved one? Wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm mute. <laughs> no. So if you're in an argument, um, are you feeling the love? See, love is not primarily a feeling. Feelings of love come out of love, but love is not primarily a feeling. Love is a person and his name is Jesus. And love is having his attitude toward the person you're looking at. Is there anybody God don't love? No. So once I have his attitude and his perspective, then I can begin to walk in love. But have anybody felt like, felt like the song, All Out of Love? Anybody felt like that? Yeah. In that moment, I'm simply recognizing that the switch is off. I am leaning on my own understanding. I'm leaning on my own ability, just like these lovely Israelites did for another 400 years. And what happened to them? You know what? About 10 years later, they kept their nose clean. But about 10 years later, Nehemiah had to go on a business trip. Nehemiah is the law. And while he was gone, guess what? They got up to all kinds of shenanigans. See, the law is able to keep you clean for a short period of time, but it can't keep you for forever. It'll eventually, the law will be out of town and you will fall off the wagon. There, God wants to empower us to live this life that he's called us to do. And that's why he came and he died on a cross. Woo, I took you guys pretty dark, didn't I? Is there hope? Is there hope? So I want you to do for a minute, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to think of the place where you have the least hope in your life. Jesus, right now, I ask you to give hope to the hopeless. I ask you to bring joy to those despairing. I ask you to give them the ability to lay their hopelessness at your feet and to receive in return your hope. Lord, show them your perspective. Show each of us how you see the person, how you see the situation, how you see those who are struggling, those areas of brokenness and bondage. Jesus, we give those things to you. We, maybe we gave them to you earlier, but now we ask you to show us your perspective. Show us what you are empowering us to do today. Lord, we love you. We worship you. In your name, amen. If we can have the worship team come up. If you've been one of those like me who uh, has, has felt, oops, that God needed your sacri the sacrifice of your beaten body, I would encourage you today, offer him up your praise. Even your, our praise is a gift that only he can help us give. So just take a moment, if we could stand. Father, I ask you to empower our praise this morning as we pour out before you all of our empty self-efforts and we receive your life in its place. Lord, we pour out our inability. We pour out our weakness and we say, Lord, we thank you that you have made us. You have made us one with you so that your life might flow through us to the world. For more information, go to arisenlife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.